friends, go with me for a second. Uh, back to the beginning of February, the 1st and 2nd of February in the year of our Lord, 1959. All right. Uh, and we meet 10 hikers from the Ural Polytechnic Institute, led by one Igor Dyatlov. Uh, and they set out on a pretty rough expedition uh, into the Ural Mountains of Russia. Uh, and when I say this is rough, I'm like severely downplaying this. Like I watched an episode of Expedition Unknown about this. Have you guys ever seen Expedition Unknown? Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, I love Josh <laughs> Gates with all of my heart. So I watched the, the two part episode of Expedition Unknown about the Dyatlov Pass and getting there was like extremely treacherous. It's the middle of nowhere. It's super, super cold, like colder than Antarctica. That's how cold this is. Um, and like even as they were getting there, uh, the cameraman like flipped his snowmobiles, like the winds are wicked high and the foremost expert on the Dyatlov Pass incident had literally never even been there until she went with Josh Gates, because it's just Ooh. not the kind of place you just go. Do we know what, what they were looking to get out of this? Because it doesn't sound like any kind of fun at all, even if no. they fucking lived and it went perfectly. <laughs> this, this feels like the, you know how people say, like, why do you climb Mount Everest? Yeah. And the answer is because I it's there. fucking hate that, man. Winds me the <laughs> fuck up. I think this particular instance, they were having a, a competition to see who's the most Russian. And whoever's the coldest is the most right. Yep, Straight yep, yep. up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's actually a good I have more toes remaining than you. <laughs> yeah, really. The idea of Russian people just putting themselves through torture for fun is not yeah. something that is like hard for me to imagine. Mm -hmm. So these 10 students, they're making their way up on this extremely treacherous hike. One of them suffers from joint pain and turns back and ends up being one lucky son of a bitch mm. because we will never hear from the other nine of them again. Uh, which I like, I kind of feel a kinship with this guy because my joints suck and I'm like, I would have survived the DL of Pass incident as well. <laughs> so there's that. Um, so they're experienced hikers, but they're college kids. They're super, super young. Um, and they, they all go up there, seven guys, two girls. Um, and they are on, they make their camp in a place called Kolat Siakol which uh, <laughs> translates in the indigenous Mansi language to dead mountain. Ah, oh, for fuck's Ooh. sake. <laughs> of course, right? It's too on the nose. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. We will camp here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> what we know for sure is that their tent was found half covered in snow and appeared to have been cut open from the inside. Mm. Uh, the hikers weren't in there, but all of their belongings were left behind. So we're talking like camp stoves, all of their clothes, all of everything, their backpacks, everything is still inside this, you know, snow covered tent that has been cut from the inside of it. Um, and as the bodies were found over the next several months, they were found to have been in various states of undress. So some were just in socks, uh, some had bare feet, uh, some were wearing one shoe when they were found. Uh, they weren't wearing any of their cold weather gear. All of that stuff was still in the tents. They didn't even like put on their jackets or anything. Two of the bodies were found in their skivvies, just straight up in their wow. underpants out in the snow. Of course, like if you ever look at stuff about people freezing to death, there is that mm -hmm. thing called paradoxical undressing. Yes. Where like people you, you start are... to feel hot mm. when you're in hypothermia. Exactly. Yes. So you, so you just, just start pulling stuff off. Straight yeah. up. So that might be why 
these ones were completely naked because they probably not completely naked but in their underwear because they probably weren't sleeping in their underwear so <laughs> this probably happened um outside um they were there was evidence that like including how the bodies were positioned and things like broken tree limbs where it appeared that they might have climbed for like a higher vantage point to look out that they were probably trying to get back to their camp mm. and succumb to um to hypothermia on their way back so like they'd fled for whatever reason and then in trying to get back to their campsite that's probably when they essentially froze to death am i right in um, saying that they were the the corpses were in various different stages of mutilation as well am i right in saying that they were quite badly fucked up right so some of them weren't that bad like the ones that were found um so first they found two bodies and those were the ones who were uh, in their underwear and they just they died of hypothermia mm. pretty straightforward um they found more bodies uh, again, who seemed to have died from hypothermia. They were kind of, the way that they were curled up was what indicated to them that they had been trying to go back. Um, and they did find one had like a fracture to the skull, which some people say looked like it would have had to have happened from like getting hit with the butt of a rifle or something Ooh, of that nice. nature. Um, but yeah, some form of uh, skull fracture. And then months later in May, they found the remaining four bodies. They were in a river and were uh, like very injured. So these bodies had like crushed ribs, um, broken limbs, oh. uh, their fractured skulls, and uh, two of the bodies had one had its eyeballs were missing. Oh. And, yeah, right? Ooh, macabre. And then another, the tongue was missing. Yes, uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> gnarly discovery. And by the way, all of this like, you can see these images on the internet. They even show them in the Josh Gates episode. Like, fully, really? you can see what these, yeah, you can see what these bodies looked like. It's the ones that were found months later. It's like, they almost look like mummies. You know, they've just been there for mm. months. So, and obviously, okay. So they've been under snow for several months here. The eyeballs and the tongue missing, pretty easily explained. There's bugs, mm -hmm. there's animals. Yeah. As they became more exposed, that's stuff that animals love to eat. They love a nice, like, tissuey, mm -mm -mm. soft, yeah, something to pull out like an eyeball or a tongue. So it's likely um, that that is what has happened. Oh, also tests showed later on that a couple of the bodies showed traces of radioactivity on them, which seems fairly suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> However, in the Josh Gates episode, they did point out that the bodies that were found have radioactivity on them. Those two guys actually had worked around radioactivity oh, okay, okay. in the past. So it's possible that that's why it was there. Also, people point out that the like lanterns that they carried with them used like thallium in them. And okay. so that also might lead to radioactivity. So there's a few ways that you can explain that. Um, the trauma of the other injuries seem pretty severe, though, especially as the result of an avalanche. So most of the time when someone dies in an avalanche, it's asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. right? You just right. suffocate. You mm -hmm. either suffocate or you freeze. Uh, so having like your ribs crushed and stuff like that is not mm. a normal thing that happens when uh, you are hit by an avalanche. Uh, now, this is a story that's kind of a lot like the Kennedy assassination in that like the government sort of covering up elements of it, like really benign, banal Not elements Russia. of this. <laughs> yeah, what? right. Like the elements of that made more conspiracies than would probably have happened if they mm. were like, well, here's actually what we found here. So some of the theories uh, that have sort of 
been uh, circulating about this ever since uh, include that they were murdered by the Mansi people, the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were murdered by a prisoner who had escaped from a gulag. They were victims of some form of alien attack because yeah. in photographs that they found, there were like these like balls of light and whatnot, and it was just blackness and balls of light. Mm. Um, However, also these cameras were found like in water after months. Right, that's so, gonna probably have some effect. Uh, you know, a little iffy <laughs> there. Um, also, that they got cut up, caught up in some form of government missile test, hence the mm. radioactivity and oh. the weird injuries. Um, and even that they were oh Bigfoot attack because there was another <laughs> picture of like one of the hikers that like kind of looked a little bigfooty soviet <laughs> bigfoot would fuck you right up mate russian yeah. bigfoot right the most <laughs> hardcore of all sasquatches yeah that's probably a theory i could sign on to bigfoot <laughs> just stabbing a bunch of people just for no reason just ripping <laughs> out their eyes yeah <laughs> I even it sounds like fight. a weird 80s horror movie. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I'm kind of for it yeah. uh, as, as a thing. I've watched plenty of bad sci-fi movies with similar I've made premises, My, my mind's so made up. I've made my mind up. <laughs> it's officially big Case book. closed. Yeah, yeah. He did. I'm not even going to read any more of this story. We're good. Anyway, so, Steve, nice to meet you. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> another one is a disorienting phenomenon called infrasound. Uh, which is supposedly sort of a natural phenomenon that we don't know much about, but might have caused a disorienting I, thing that would have caused I know panic. a little bit about this. My, Do you? I have, uh, uh, my uh, wife's brother lived in New Mexico near where there are these sounds that only some people hear, uh, and one oh, of their wow. sons heard them. <gasps> really? Uh, what does it yeah. sound like? I have not asked him. He was a little kid, so he, um. you know. Not very descriptive, but what uh, is this naturally occurring? Apparently, just yeah. look it up. I, I I wish I had known these two might be connected. I would look it up so I'd have some more information. <laughs> what is it called, Corey? Infrasound. From kind of the description of it that I saw, it's like it's really it's a disputed concept in and of itself, uh, yeah. but supposedly could be created based on the shape of the mountain and mm-hmm. the weather in the area supposedly there could be these sounds that would be wildly disorienting to people mm-hmm. if they were to hear them. Now, they don't necessarily have evidence of, oh, go ahead, you have... Really briefly, um, infrasound is also the resonant frequency of the uh, internal organs of the human body. Oh. oh. And it's like hearing your insides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At high volumes, <laughs> infrasound can directly affect the human central nervous system, causing disorientation, anxiety, panic, bowel spasms, nausea, vomiting, oh. and eventually organ rupture or even death. Sounds like an American pharmaceutical advert. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Infrasound might cause vomiting. There's just someone hiking, like, canoeing <laughs> as it reads up all those. Wasn't yeah. there a, a diplomat or something who died of suspected infrasound recently? Oh, wow. I, I think you're right. And also yeah. there was, like, all that stuff about... There were two different places, I think, where this was, like, an epidemic, right? Where there were... And they thought that it was a weapon of some mm-hmm. sort yeah, yeah. Um, that was being used to disorient people through sound. And they yeah. were hearing this very strange. I think this happened like pre-pandemic. So yeah. we haven't talked about it. Yeah. You know, other <laughs> stuff. We've got other stuff on our yeah. minds at this point. <laughs> but I do remember various things related to sound that were potentially being used as weapons mm-hmm. or whatever it's interesting the idea that it's the sound of your organs because isn't that the thing yeah. that can kind of yeah. like if you're in 
you know they have those rooms, those chambers where there's no sound? Yes. And like if you're in them for more than a certain amount of time, they supposedly make you go crazy. Well, that's mm -hmm. there's, you know, the, one train of thought is that there is no such thing as silence. Because even when you're in one of those anechoic chambers, as they're known, um, you can still hear the whisper of your blood. You can still hear the rhythm right. of your own Right, that's heart. the yeah. thing that gets me, the sound of your blood. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is I don't the like worst that. thing that I have mm -hmm. ever heard. Like, Ooh. I just hate that so I much. guess to pull on that thread... You, there's, oh I guess, a couple of min uh, seconds of perfect silence. If you were to what die in one of those rooms, man, just go oh, in one of those rooms and that's die. That's a good point. Huh. That's like a tree falling so. in the woods sort of situation, <laughs> though. Like, would then your hair growing or something? Like, something mm. is going to make... Mm. Or the, like, gases in your body or... As a so. death nerd, you know that uh, that entices me. That, that concept of there being no silence other than the perfect silence of death. Metal as shit, I, I like that. Yeah, that is. I, I wonder, because as you stop breathing, your blood starts to become acidic. I wonder if you would start to hear sizzling. Oh, oh dude, don't. Oh, now you're talking my language. Oh, that is gnarly. Like, just a, just a brief moment where you, your blood stops, then suddenly... <laughs> ah, fuck. Ah, and this is a thing that we can literally never know, right? This is on... This is yeah, like, that list of like how the, would... Yeah. <laughs> which is a thing Mark loves stuff that yep. no one can know yeah. Um, but yeah there's no way that we would ever know that because you couldn't even like put a camera or something in there because mm -hmm. there'd be sound yeah. so fascinating so no yeah if I heard it. a sound that sounded like my internal org organs I'd probably get out of my tent and run yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I feel like that that's plausible but yeah. there's no evidence that this is actually a phenomenon that anyone has experienced right. in yeah. this particular part of the Ural Mountains. It's cold outside so... but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking I'm gonna leg it. I'm gone. <laughs> it's Evil Dead 4 right there. Now, <laughs> I, I used to live near Dyatlov Pass uh, in Perm, Russia. Uh, it's Perm P-E-R-M if you want to look it up. It's Why? Not... Uh, oh well. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> For on a, purpose yeah for a decade of my life i was voluntarily mormon <laughs> yeah i know yes yeah i there became you go. mormon as an adult see i'm from a, being a I, I was a teenager who turned evangelical christian so this fucking past okay. i swear yeah. to god <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I understand making this strange mistake. Yeah, it is. It's a point. strange mistake. So for 10 years, I was Mormon. Two of those years, I was a missionary in Russia. Ah. Um, and Perm was the first city that I lived in. It was during the summer, uh, which anybody who's lived in Russia in the summer knows it's very, very hot. But it's <laughs> such a shock when you go to Russia for the first time and it's the middle of the summer and it's extremely hot. Yeah, honestly, no one's ever told me Russia got hot. No, like, it's very hot. I've never, mm. I've genuinely never heard that. You just very hear about intense, the cold. short summer, but it's it's hot, and wow. the, uh, the further north you are, the more sun you see. So, Perm's pretty far north. Um, but yeah, uh, I did not get to live there in the winter. I know it gets very cold, <laughs> and the Jatlov is further north by a few hours. So, right, <laughs> so like it can only mountains, be more miserable. So very, very, very cold. Oh no, that's. I don't want to, that's on my list of places of like, I don't, no thank you. No. <laughs> I shall not thank you. Mm. Mark, what season was it when you were in Russia? Uh, the continually pissing it down with rain season, whenever that was. Oh. It was just, it was oh, just yeah. Spring cold as fuck and it didn't stop mm -hmm. raining one time. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a lovely couple of weeks, don't get me wrong, I had a fantastic time out there, but yeah. god damn it did not rain. stop fucking raining and what a bleak couple of weeks it was. Now that we've <laughs> talked about the sounds of our organs and whatnot. Um, okay, so as I was saying, the conspiracies formed around the, you know, uh, injuries that these people had sustained that were not normal to something like an avalanche. So, you know, people wanted to know how did this happen? And this is a recent development that has just come out and uh, National Geographic, as well as many other uh, science publications, were talking about it. So according to the National Geographic article about this, to answer the question of where all these injuries came from, uh, scientists relied on some unorthodox sources of inspiration and information. Johan Gohm explained how a few years back, he was struck by how well the movement of snow was depicted in the 2013 Disney movie Frozen. Oh, that's so good, so impressed, in fact, that he decided to ask its animators how they pulled it off. So following a trip to Hollywood to meet with the specialist who worked on frozen snow effects, Go modified the film's snow animation code for his mm. avalanche simulation models, uh, albeit with decidedly less entertaining purpose, to simulate the impacts that avalanches would have on the human body. So that was part of how that they came up with this, was by using the snow modeling from the film frozen and modifying the code to make it fit avalanches but then there's a second source that is unusual to uh that he mixed with this or that they mixed with this so code in hand they needed uh realistic values for the forces and pressures the human body could experience in an avalanche so this time their information came from the automotive industry we discovered that in the 70s general motors took 100 (laughs) cadavers and broke their ribs says alexander puzarin hitting them with different weights at different velocities to see what would happen during a car crash. And oh, then that shit. data was oh. ultimately used to calibrate the safety of seatbelts. I know I this, I this didn't know. This was just know. like a CEO retreat or something. <laughs> what? Why did they do this? <laughs> and they wrote down the results. That, I mean, at least they did that. <laughs> Thankfully, they kept track, yeah. Um, <clears throat> some of the cadavers that were used in the GM test were braced with rigid supports while others weren't, a variable which ended up being serendipitous for Puzerin and Gom. So back on the slopes of Kolat's uh, Siakl, the team members had placed their bedding atop their skis. This meant that the avalanche, which hit them as they slept, struck an unusually rigid target, and that the GM cadaver experience from the 70s could be used to calibrate their impact models with remarkable precision. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, so the models demonstrated that a 16-foot-long block of hefty snow could, in this unique situation, handily break the ribs and skulls of people sleeping on a rigid bed. And these injuries would have been severe, but not fatal, at least not immediately. Uh, by the way... (laughs) This is a side about this um, scientist who's talking about this. The best quote from the article comes from Puzrin, uh, talking about the experience of telling his wife he was working on this case. Uh, and Mark, I actually passed this quote you to did. you in, in Signal. So will you just read that for us? I, <laughs> well, I told her that I was working on the death of mystery. For the first time, she looked at me with real respect. <laughs> Russian marriage sounds hard. It does. It really does. <laughs> My wife didn't respect me until I started working on this six-year-old mystery. Now she's like, "Mm, all right, you you do have a real job. Uh, So, according to these boffins, uh, there's actually kind of a sweet story of friendship here Mm. to the Dyatlov Pass mystery. Uh, The hikers whose bodies were all broken to shit, uh, Mm. they probably couldn't have escaped on their own. So... When this avalanche hit, which now they're pretty certain is what happened, uh, it means that 
the friends who weren't broken likely chose to pull those friends out of the tent rather than mm. take the time to grab their own gear and mm. save their lives by having warm weather clothes yeah. to have fled with. So despite them all dying, there is this sort of nice Lovely. story of, of friendship to the Diatlov past mystery. That he tried to save his friends from Bigfoot. Aww. <laughs> Which is the true, true story of what happened here. Bigfoot pushed the avalanche onto these people. <laughs> <laughs> Say friend. Glad we got to the bottom of that, gang. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish, in fact. My favorite genre of horror movie is Boats. Oh, I found a feather in my garden today. Must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Corey, exactly. movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is, this is it. This is for me now. I'm like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm fucking in. All right. Welcome to Jack of All Graves, everybody. This week, we have the pleasure of having co-host of my favorite horror podcast, Dead and Lovely, Hollywood Steve Spratley. Hey, it's me, Hollywood Steve, <laughs> here on the podcast. <laughs> oh, they so didn't fun see me you. waving. No, no. <laughs> this is, Zoom has made waving a thing in a way mm. that it was not before. Right. And, and it's just, everyone's <laughs> constantly waving. It's a very bizarre Probably trying to impulse. cover up the background. Yeah, it's everything going. Don't look at my stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a, maybe that's a part of this. You have is there a skull on that thing behind you? Yeah, yeah, there's a skull and uh, several other things. I I I've got a collection there cuz th this is where I do the Patreon pick videos in front of this huge It is nice. piano um that is out of tune and doesn't play anymore but looks great. Like, 95% of pianos in people's homes are just purely right. decorative. So, <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, so, we're very happy to to have you on the show. Very pleased to meet you after all this time, having listened to the podcast for ages. Um, yeah, and if thanks. you have never listened to Dead and Lovely and you enjoy our show, I think it's very likely that you will enjoy Dead and Lovely. Various similarities with this, yeah. a format of talking sort of shooting the breeze mm -hmm, for a, lot a of good it. chunk of the mm -hmm. the podcast <laughs> and then getting down to business and sort of reviewing the movie of yeah. the week. Um, yeah. That is that is the one thing a lot of people don't like is that we spend about an hour bullshitting and not talking about the horror movie at all. Even oh, though we include favorite. a timestamp in every single episode description, we'll always get a review. They were just talking about beers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. I would like this podcast to be something different right. than what it is. <laughs> One star. This... Yeah, there are <laughs> other podcasts. Check them out. Yeah, no, actually, uh, that's like my favorite thing about Dead and Lovely. Uh, and again, this is why I think people who listen to us probably would enjoy it, because most of the time we end up on tangents about all yeah. kinds of random shit that has nothing I to do, do with like what we're trying about to talk to show. about. It's the most fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right? I think you guys uh, talk about killing each other or your families. 
moron. Like that, those yes. are the bits that I always. That is a theme. Through. That is a recurring. It is a recurring theme. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, let's try not to. We we won't go into psychologizing that just nope. now. Um, no, but no, it no. absolutely is a running theme. One of my favorites. Uh, uh, I give this as an example of like when I try to tell people what Dead and Lovely is. Like there was one episode. I believe it was the Gremlins two episode mm-hmm. in which. Uh, like 45 minutes of this episode was you guys giving cooking tips. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just sort of being like, people like are very bad at cooking. They are. And they have these like life hacks and things like this and they're yeah. terrible. Yeah. Here's how you should actually cook stuff. Yeah. I was riveted. I was, you know, Thank doing you. the dishes and listening to this and I was like, I, I don't eat meat and you're talking about how to cook meat and right. I was just in for the entire conversation. Awesome. I'm, so. I'm glad that worked. That was one of those <laughs> things where I had to convince uh, Ben of it. Um, <laughs> we we actually don't plan the intros too far ahead in advance. We, yeah. we like that sort of improv feel. Yeah, to and see where it goes. I, was, I had seen these recipes, and I sent these recipes from Facebook that were just terrible, that people mm-hmm. were sharing and being like, oh my gosh, yum. Uh, <laughs> and... I sent them to Ben, and Ben was disgusted by them, but he was like, how does that relate to Gremlins 2? And I was like, well, there's a cooking segment in Gremlins 2. I was going to ask how you got onto cooking from Gremlins 2, but it seems so yeah. obvious now. There's the fucking TV yep, show. there's the just cooking course, segment, course. so boom. Yeah, yeah you, find, you find the thread, and you just go with it, yeah. you know? Um, and we I do just like that. to talk about food, though, and yeah. beer. And really, like, those are our favorite things. I mean, horror movies were the... There were the pretense for us just having conversations about stuff we liked. Uh, right. And then, of course, I'm a obsessive researcher, and <laughs> Ben always has perspectives that I could never come up with. So right. it actually works out pretty well, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, it's a really nice sort of balance um, mm-hmm. on the show of the way that you guys tend to come at things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I find, you know, you tend to be very, like, nice about things, too, which I always I, find I funny mean, that you're, like, yeah. very nice about movies, even when I'm sitting like, this was, like, yeah. really trash. Unless it's um, Final Destination. Yeah. <laughs> which I love, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> uh, whereas Ben tends to be a little more, um, you know, Me? straight up. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he, that's the thing is that uh, I think um, I'm looking at it from because I, I have degrees in, in English. And I'm looking at it from a literary perspective. Like, I took an entire class on uh, Samuel Richardson's Clarissa. Well, one of the <laughs> that first was the whole novels. Class. Uh, well, uh, check out the book. It's okay. uh, the size of a dictionary, <laughs> it's gigantic, and it is um, an epistolary novel. So, mm-hmm. all in, in letters. And boy, it's real, real, real bad. It's terrible. <laughs> like, reading it is a slog. And right. it's horrible. All you're doing is reading it to say, I have read mm. the supposed first novel. Right. Which it isn't. Like, sure. uh, women had written novels before <laughs> this, but they were women. So Yeah, so it really doesn't count. Right. And, <laughs> anyway, so first English novel. So the thing is that in, in literature, you're not... You can't yell at a person. You can't be like, why did you do this? Right. You have to come up with the justifications for all the things. So... For me, when I, I'm trying to break down a movie, it's like, well, I, and I've also worked uh, in in uh, a film a little bit. Uh, for me, it's like, well, all these people worked on this. Like, there's is is this a confusion of ideas? Is right. this like one person not being questioned? Like, I always like to find like why this is happening instead of just being like. 
this sucks. But <laughs> it's also like a real good perspective to just say, this sucks. Yeah. Somebody has to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I it's agree. fun to tear it apart, but yeah. In the, in, particularly in the early weeks of Jack of All Graves, I kind of, you know, because we talk about movies, we talk about horror movies a mm-hmm. lot. And I, I sort of got myself into the mindset of, of look, don't, because I get bored of seeing people rag on, on movies. I get bored of seeing people try and take movies down. It, you know, you, you can watch long, long, long YouTube videos of people going mm-hmm. in depth about bad movies and about why bad movies are bad. And it's fucking boring. But you're quite right in what you say that, you know, a similar kind of, in the same way that people have been, uh, creators have been asking people not to hate binge bad shows on Netflix. Because, <laughs> you know, a hate watch is still a watch. It, it mm-hmm. artificially bumps up the figures for shit programs. I feel like you're uh, subtweeting me about Emily in Paris right now and I don't like exactly, it, Mark. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> it, it just means if, if you don't call out shit, then shit is allowed to propagate, I guess. Right. And as long as you're doing it, as long as you're doing it, you know, from a... a, a a detached point of view, as long as you're not getting emotionally involved in, in ripping into it just for the for, right. for kudos or whatever, then I think it's fine. I, I've come to terms with calling out shit for shit's sake. <laughs> right. It's a delicate balance. It it's is. It is. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a positive thing. I mean, if we just yeah. had a whole bunch of people sitting around trying to find excuses for everything yes. that was going on, yes. it would be like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, what it currently is. Yeah, um, but I mean. It would be like it, it currently is. Right? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but. I'm going to say, I, shut, oh, all right, it's your show. Cut this if you want. I, in, <laughs> oh, boy, in, I'm excited. In our show. Wait I to guarantee to this stays this. in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I, I, um, our first episode for January, uh, probably five minutes in, I went off on a rant on how 2021 was going to be worse. And I cut it because I didn't want to depress anyone. And it mm. came out. The day of the Capitol attack. Oh. And then the next week I had a rant about fuck Joe Biden and Joe <laughs> Biden isn't going to get us $2,000 checks. And then they started talking their $1,400 well, nonsense. So. Oh my gosh. You got to just, yes. you got to follow your heart, buddy. You do. Because fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> fuck Joe fuck Biden. Joe Biden <laughs> yeah. and the horse he rode in on. Yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I, my worry always with our our audience is that they've gone with us so far on fuck Trump that they didn't right. get to hear my fuck Obama years and right. my yeah, fuck, they missed all fuck that, Bush yeah. and fuck Clinton like it, they've been they've been <laughs> years and years you are very consistent fuck sir, these yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're welcome to say it here, and we'll just see what comes out tonight yeah. as a result of this. I'm a little worried that you have like a prophetic thing, which Mark does as well, where he just yeah, says yeah. things and then all of a sudden. He speaks them into existence. So we'll see yeah. what terrible thing happens as a result of you saying this on this show. <laughs> but maybe me cutting it and not cutting it yeah, uh, balances it out. We'll see. We we'll see also did recently maybe kill Cloris Leachman. Oh! Sorry about that. We talked about Young Frankenstein <laughs> and, and then we did hope. an episode on Raising Hope and the day after she died. Oh, man. Raising Hope is such a great show, isn't it's it? It's so great. I'm so glad Ben convinced me to watch it. It's phenomenal. I binge watched that a couple of years ago, like maybe a season before it ended. I got really into it, mm-hmm. and it is just go back to it over and over and over yeah, again. In fact, yesterday funny. my Facebook memories was a post from like five years ago about Raising Hope. I was like, oh, <laughs> go figure. That um, baby is so cute. <laughs> So cute. Uh, yeah, I my friends and I killed Celine Dion's husband. Um, oh, okay. Helps. So, oh, was that yeah. you? Uh, 
Yeah, that was us. We spent the entire <laughs> night watching Celine Dion videos and joking about how her husband was still alive, and then in the morning, he died. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh whoops. Uh, whoops. Those coincidences anyway. are always the worst. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, today... Uh, speaking of such coincidences, I messaged you. Uh, we had already planned that you were going to come on this week, and mm-hmm. I have I asked you, uh, are you familiar with the Max Headroom signal interference incident? And you were like, I was just thinking about that yep. this morning. <laughs> Weirdest coincidence. Was anyway. just thinking about how weird that was. What yes. a strange moment. A very bizarre moment. Yeah. One that um, Mark is particularly fixated on um i want to explain what max headroom is before i let uh mark kind of go off on why he's so fascinated because by genuinely this. i have i have loved this story uh, as yeah. one of it, i think it probably is my favorite bit of kind of broadcast ephemera ever to have taken place it, it hits a lot of really fucking sweet buttons for me uh yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's just a, a beautiful beautiful thing that happened yeah but Obviously, Max Hedrum is only even a thing people have heard of if in a very sort of narrow sphere mm. of time and interest and all that kind of stuff. Not necessarily interest. It was he was very popular for a few years. Mm. Um, but if you were born after probably 1990, you would never have even heard yeah. of this fella. Very of its um, time. Very mm-hmm. of its time. <clears throat> so Max Hedrum... Uh, is a character uh, that was made in the ni- in the mid '80s. Uh, it was created uh, because Peter Wag of Chrysalis Records wanted a music video program. So this is out of the UK, by the way. Um, he wanted a music video program, uh, and at the time, obviously, music videos were like a huge thing, right? So we have MTV. Music videos are basically like little movies at this point. A lot of money goes into them, and there has to be a place to show them. Uh, And the American model of that that we would be familiar with, again, maybe I don't even know if young people would be familiar with this at all, uh, but would be like a VJ, a person, a video jockey, who Mm. would, you know, stand there and and be super cool, like this hip young person, and talk about the music video and then introduce them and they would come on. Um, And so that was kind of what America was doing with this. And, And... the UK did not have anything like this at all. They were kind of like, this is a this is a weird, very American thing that they do over there. Um, so he wanted to create something to put music videos up, but needed something to connect them and really was not about the VJ thing. He was like, I don't want that. What I really think I want is something maybe like graphic, something with animation, something like that, that would be a thread uh, between them. So he got uh, these two people, Annabelle Jenkel and Rocky Morton of Rocky and Annabelle Cucumber Studios, uh, who were animators who were doing a ton of popular stuff at the time. So they were just like kind of the zeitgeist of the moment. So if you wanted something animated and cool and hip and a little punk rock, you went to these two people. Uh, And he was like, hey, can you do something to link these videos together aside from just in American style VJ? So they were looking at this and trying to create some form of animation that would go between stuff, but they were like, it's boring. Creating just some sort of graphic that's going to go between these is not going to keep people engaged in watching these videos. So they started thinking about other ways that they could pull this off. And they were actually kind of really into the VJ idea. And they were like, how can we blend these two concepts of like these American video jockeys and animation? Yes, Mark. Just to hit pause there. So uh, in terms of time, we're talking mid-80s. Are we were talking 86, yeah. 87? I think it's like 84 is 
when this began. Very interesting that you mentioned that that, that these guys were, were British because around about the same time uh, we would have we had something in the UK called the Chart Show, which was on mm-hmm. on a weekend on Channel Four Terrestrial Channel over here, which which again was music videos linked with very very primitive CG at the time. So right. I'm I'm wondering if maybe the same people were behind that. That's something I need to look into. That I'm not sure about. That didn't mm. come up in any of these. And by the way, there's various like there's a documentary that you can watch on YouTube that is very like a no frills documentary. It's just the people who created this talking mm. about it. Um, so you can watch that. There's also an oral history that's essentially the same stuff that's in the documentary. So if you just mm. want to read it, um, there's that. And we've linked to that on the blog. So you can check that out as well and just hear these people talking about this. But ultimately, um, they decided to create something that blended these concepts. Uh, So um, what Rocky Morton said, one of these animators said, I thought maybe I should go with the whole idea of it being boring. What's the most boring thing I could do to just annoy everybody? Hmm. And the most boring thing I could think of to do, which would really go against the grain for the MTV generation, was a talking head, a middle class white male in a suit, talking Mm. to them in a really boring way about music videos. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm on to something here. This is really dull and interesting. So uh, they wanted to do a mid-Atlantic graphic character, not a human being. So someone they called a mix of Johnny Carson and Terry Wogan. Mm. Um, and they wanted they to make really? the... Do, do you know yeah. who Terry Wogan is? Do you know... I mean, now that I've Googled, I okay. know who that is. Do you want to explain? I, I don't know who that is. Uh, okay, so Terry Wogan, and I'm, I'm, I'm mentally pouring one out for Terry Wogan right now as he died a couple <laughs> of years back, uh, was an Irish... Uh, disc jockey, television presenter, um, and and you cannot overstate the level of the man's fame here in Britain. Uh, mm. e- everyone will be able to recall Terry Wogan vividly. Uh, a long, long, long career on Radio 2. I believe they've renamed one of the BBC buildings after him now as Terry Wogan House. Uh, a career that spanned quiz shows, chat shows, uh, you know, very kind of... Um, he worked on Radio 2, which is synonymous with, with listeners of a certain age. So mm. never, you know, you wouldn't associate him with kind of youth broadcasting. And if you did, it would be in a kind of a chintzy kind of catch way. Um, mm-hmm. But Terry Wogan was a, bro- a broadcaster of massive, massive renown during the UK. And I've never heard him mentioned in the same breath as Max Headroom before. And now that you have, <laughs> it makes it makes all the sense. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. And you'll see that they say this repeatedly in any kind of interview that you see with them talking about this, that's there. It's Terry Wogan and Johnny Carson. Mm. Make that into this character and you get Max Hedrum. So they were trying to make this for Channel 4. I don't know what that is. Is that... Okay, uh, so Channel 4. Um, how long has Channel 4 been around? Oh, God, I want to say around 40 years, maybe a bit less, 35, 40 years. Uh, Channel 4, not so much now, but certainly in the, in the 80s and certainly in the 90s, had a reputation as... Uh, quite edgy would do would uh, break a lot of ground in terms of comedy and satire uh, had a, a late night program block on Friday nights which was um, yeah I mean I, I hate the phrase but the the term cool Britannia was used a lot in the 90s uh, and late night channel 4 programming was synonymous with that ladette culture there were shows uh, called The Word uh, the girly show, um, which were at the did time. Did you say the girly show? I did. I did. It was fucking Isn't that terrible. Is the show on Thirty Rock? <laughs> it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, and like, I, I, 
imagine looking back on it now it would it would be toe curlingly fucking embarrassing but but <laughs> uh and and it, it it doesn't have that edge anymore but at the time it, it, yeah. during the 90s during the 80s channel 4 was synonymous with uh groundbreaking programming yeah so that's the youth culture then that's the mm-hmm. that's the stuff for the for the kids and the punks and all that stuff it was channel yeah. 4 actually um that uh ran brass eye uh, a satirical news uh, kind of pastiche program by a legendary British broadcaster called Chris Morris, which I don't think I've spoken about in this cast before, but his time will come. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that he actually hasn't come up before. Mm. It's a bit of an obsession. Uh, but so Channel 4 was initially who it was supposed to um, go to or who was creating this, funding this, and that, that was what the show was going to be on. And the idea was that this Johnny Carson type guy had an accident on the way to the studio, and the last thing before he saw before uh, the crash was a Max Headroom sign in a parking garage, which mm. was apparently ubiquitous at the time. It's kind of like here in America when you have those things like, you know, the, the clearance sign saying how tall a truck can go into a parking garage. Uh, and so that's basically what it was, a sign that said Max Headroom. You would see those everywhere. And that was what they started with before they'd really had anything to like go off of with this character or anything was like the name Max Headroom. Mm. And they built it around the name because they were like, everyone's well, it's going to stick in your head. It's a perfect name that everyone will recognize. You've got yep. instant branding every time someone goes into a parking lot. Um, and it, it worked. It so worked we'll to this that. fucking day, to this day when I see a Max Headroom sign, Matt Frewer's face is the first thing I see. Yes. Uh, and by the way, Max. I mean, Matt Frewer is like a super childhood crush of mine. Like, oh really? My God. Like, I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids over and over for him. <laughs> He's great. He's got a great voice. Great voice, right? Oh, I love his voice. Um, and so the idea was that um, he was so popular, they still wanted him to go on the air that night. So they download his consciousness into this CGI character. Uh, and it was a, but it was a rush job. So that's why he's all like glitchy and artifacty <laughs> when you see him on the show. Uh, one of the funny things about this, by the way, is that he was so convincing as CGI that um, they would like win awards for the CGI, <laughs> and the makeup people were pissed because they were like, they didn't do anything, "We worked on this. Like this is." But the the company wouldn't let them say that. They wanted oh really this idea yeah. that this was a CGI character. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was kind of kayfabe around it, wasn't there? That is, is it real? Is it a real fucking guy? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So they, you know, they would. They kept it super under wraps. They were like, if people want to believe this is CGI, it's CGI. Do not break that down. So the makeup people went unrecognized for what was incredible makeup. Yeah. And there's also videos of Matt Frewer being put into it and everything that are um, phenomenal. Uh, but so one of the co-creators said, what you have in this character is a consciousness, fully human, totally amnesiac, whose first experience to the world is exposure to 30,000 simultaneous channels of television. That's where the character comes from. He's a fusion of every evangelist, every sports reporter, everything you see on TV. And from his perspective, he sees no difference or distinction between them. And so <clears> the <throat> thing that made him a worldwide phenomenon is that realizing they didn't have enough money to make this, they went to America to try to pitch this. Um, and they went to HBO first, and HBO was like, fuck, we love this. And so they were like, please don't go to L.A. Please don't tell anyone else about this. Um, just, like, let us sit on this. And they found the money to make this co-production with Channel 4 and created this this 
talking head. They made a movie. They made an hour-long mm. movie out of it. Um, and this spun into these shows, like into like legitimately uh, several series. He became the face of New Coke. Uh, he was just everywhere. He was absolutely everywhere. Um, a full pop culture phenomenon of the 1980s. So Google him if you don't know what he looks like, but incredible. The I fact that it made it, it the fact that he made it to Britain in a, in a pre-internet era. You know, uh, you would absolutely, you know, huge brand recognition even over here before the internet, uh, which says it says yeah. everything about just how big that got. And it really is. It's a transatlantic project, yeah. right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a yeah, yeah. British and American hand in hand creating this, which I didn't know. I always just looked at this as a very American figure because he's he really is kind of a critique of American capitalism and a, a critique of our television and all of that. Right. Um, but I don't know if I'm if I'm way off the mark here, right? But the 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 Max Headroom sits in the same sort of satirical zone for me as Beavis and Butthead, maybe. Um, obviously, uh -huh, totally different, right. totally different styles of comedy, of course. Yeah, yeah, but very different. Still, the same self-referential. Mm. I'm, mm. you know, I'm subtly mocking my own fucking audience, kind of, you know, right. vibe. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, which lends to the Max Hedrum incident, I think oh. all of that and knowing what he was doing and what mocking yeah. and all of this stuff kind of made him the perfect figure for this signal interference mm. uh, experience. So, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Beautiful context, if I may say so. Really, really nicely done, <laughs> Corrigan. Excellent yeah. bit Thank of podcast. You. That was Thank good. You. <laughs> so, um, we're in 1987, uh, and maybe you can keep me right here, Corey. How big a channel would WGN TV have been? Uh, is that is that a, a, like a, just a statewide thing, or is it a national? It, it was, I think, national at the time, but it wasn't mm. gigantic. They played a lot of reruns. I and remember. it's like located, like it's a Chicago, Chicago, based yeah. station, right? So uh, that's mostly where you would have encountered this. Now, the, the great thing about what's become known as the Max Headroom pirating incident, uh, the great thing about it is it exists in its entirety on YouTube, right? So please go see it. We'll link to it in the blog. We'll put it on our yes. Twitter. And as you're watching it, try and put yourself there watching the TV at home. Maybe it's late. Maybe you're alone. And you're watching the news. And all of a sudden, the fucking picture waves out, almost as though the tracking is out of whack on your VHS. And this fucking nightmare image replaces the news anchor. Uh, you know, no audio, but just this image of this grinning rubber fucking Max Headroom mask. And uh, w one, just one of many things I love about this was the prep that these guys put into this, right? Yes. The, um, this Max is Headroom what got shows... my husband too when I showed this to him. He'd never seen mm. it before. And he's oh. a film guy. Like he, he works in, in AV and, and video and all this stuff. And he was like, this is like, this is an undertaking. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is meticulous planning going on behind the scenes for something so brief and so fucking ridiculous. Uh, so you've got this nightmarish looking geezer the the actual max headroom shows in the background they had like vector uh kind of proto cg background of, of just these kind of laser lines behind him just to oh it's computers but what they did to emulate that they just held up a piece of fucking corrugated tin yeah. and just kind of slowly just waved it back <laughs> <laughs> waved it behind this guy's head right so 25 seconds of this passes the news kind of swims back into view uh, you know the, the the anchor mutters you know 
ramp something. What the fuck was that? If you're wondering what that was, hey, so are we. And the broadcast <laughs> carries on as normal, right? Yeah. And it's largely later. sort of considered unsuccessful. Like, it's like, yeah. ah, this one didn't work, right? Yep, <laughs> yep. Until later that night. Uh, <laughs> later that night, when uh, on a different station, still run by that kind of network, but on a different station... Which is uh, what we would, just for American audiences, this is essentially like PBS. It's a PBS right. affiliate. So extremely localized. Um, but it would have gone to sort of everyone in the Chicago area. But it's specifically for like nerds who watch costume dramas and Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Right, mm-hmm. Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, if, if, again, put yourself in a position of somebody sat at home watching Doctor Who, they do it again, only this time it, proper works uh, trivia within trivia here the doctor who serial they were watching was a tom baker era episode called horror of fang rock which is actually quite highly regarded in who circles i love tom baker doctor who that was, oh, my, that was absolutely terrific but dude. once again the, the the show you know swims out of focus and this guy comes back and this time there's just this horrible garbled audio of what he's saying and it, it, it feels like there's a stream of consciousness cryptic gibberish the guy is spouting um, uh, you know, holds up a can of Pepsi and throws it away. Humming some tune to some fucking cartoon. It was, um, oh God, what is it called? Uh, it's is... Clutch Cargo, I believe. I've never Clutch fucking Cargo, seen it. I don't yeah. know what Clutch Cargo is. Um, yeah, I mean, it was before my time for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I think when this happened, as people have pointed out, I think Clutch Cargo had been off the air for like four or five years already. Yeah. So wasn't a current See, thing. So uh scattershot, the, the references yeah. the guy was making. Uh yeah. he calls somebody a nerd. Yeah, who's like yeah. I think someone who was like an anchor or something on one of those stations. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh holds up a dildo at one point, waves a fucking <laughs> dildo around, which is great. Uh, or as one of the newscasts describing it afterwards called it a marital aid. A marital aid. It does um, do that. It does. It does. It aids yeah. maritals. Um, the 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 scene then immediately switches to this guy with his ass out, uh, being spanked with a fly swatter. All the while, you know, their accomplice is still in the back waving this piece of corrugated metal around. Uh, ninety seconds. Ninety seconds of the most surreal, chilling seemingly completely random and inscrutable signal intrusion uh and then as if it never happened doctor who fades back in uh, Ugh, i love uh, that so much mm-hmm. and they yeah. and people people were pissed about this by the way i mean there were people who thought it was funny but mm-hmm. like there you can look at newscasts of like people people being interviewed about this and there's like one guy who's like i wanted to break my television like oh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. mad that yeah. this happened like my god there's so much to love seething yeah. from mm. this from this very innocuous nothingness yeah not during mm. my who ha- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man right i mean firstly the the you need some serious fucking equipment firstly to to right. do something like that you need some serious equipment and some serious skill to be able to hijack the the signal of, of, you know, a major broadcaster. And there are lots of theories on Reddit about who these people were, about what they, you know, uh, how exactly they managed it. They would have needed a gigantic kind of microwave emitter. They would have needed to be quite high up in terms of elevation and quite close 
to the station's actual broadcasting tower to be able to just time it beautifully to get their own signal out there. Um, as, uh, rather than it being live, it became it became clear that it was actually recorded. So again, meticulously planned. They would have needed to have gone and recorded this fucked up skit on <laughs> on you know on camera equipment and had it ready to just sneak in there and broadcast it. And for what? Why? Right. Like of all, it has no clear message None. to it. There's like if I were going to take all the time to come up with like to film this thing and then go and like do all this interference, risk potentially prosecution oh. for doing so. You would. They think, would have like, got hey, time. Would... They would have got jail time for that. They absolutely. would have absolutely gone down. Yeah, like the FBI was investigating this shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could get a lot of trouble for this, and they used it to wave a dildo around and <laughs> smack a and guy on the that, ass. I think that's the crux of what I love so much about it. Did yeah. they? Did they broadcast a political message? Did they? You know, did they use it to slander someone? Did they use it to expose someone? Did they fuck? No, sir. He did a shonky Max Headroom impression while one of his <laughs> mates waved some fucking corrugated metal behind him he sang a weird tune got his ass out and then disappeared into the fucking night you know to you sir if, you, if you're still alive but that's it it wasn't that long ago the guys must be no. still around yeah i mean probably, probably yeah. and the fact that they've never they never have been found is incredible nope. um nope. And I love this when we were talking about this before. The the term that you had used was benign anarchy, benign and I think anarchy, that's like yes. it's so great because that's the thing about it is it doesn't have an overtly political message, but it does nope. have that effect of showing that the structures can be fucked with by the people, yes. right? Yes. And that like this, the structure can be disturbed, and that like mm -hmm. if people set their mind to it like you yep. can take this stuff down and yes. so even if it isn't an overtly political message it still shakes yes the the structure of, yeah. of who who is able to get their message out who can broadcast uh, it it's it's pulls always been the curtain back in power. the weirdest yeah. way yeah exactly so there's this odd thing about it that's like weirdly powerful mm. even in its like it's bonkers randomness you know? i would love to talk to the guys i really would and i i i live in hope that netflix or someone would just it's a netflix mm. special man looking for these fucking guys for somebody to start pulling on some threads and asking some questions and and really i uh, man a, a real full-on uh, nicely produced, nicely budgeted documentary on who those guys were. I reckon they could yeah. be found, and I would fucking love to see uh, who yeah. they are. And and oh, maybe maybe I don't want to hear them talking about why they did it. Maybe it would disappoint. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be yeah. extremely disappointing, realistically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the mythos is much bigger than what it is. I also I'm curious. Oh, I'm curious as to like because you know you were both well, we were all familiar with this beforehand. Like Steve. Mm -hmm. How did you, do you remember how you encountered this in the first place? I'm so interested in how people. I used to watch the Max Headroom uh, show as, mm -hmm. a, okay. as a kid. I don't remember anything about it because I was, I was uh, like four or five, right. I think, when it came out. But I do remember this being on the news, like them talking oh, okay. about this. And then 
thinking that I had made it up or something, and then the internet came along, and <laughs> there were so many yeah. things in my head before the internet came along that right? were like, yeah. I must like, have made that yeah. up. Yeah, did I dream it? Right. Did yeah. I, or... I love imagining, I mean, you know, I look, not to want to generalize, but it's probably a, a very specific type of person who would stay up late watching Doctor Who on regional American right. channels in mm -hmm. 1987. Yeah. And, and it's I love only one being... metro, too. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chicago area that right, would have yeah. even encountered this. I love yeah. to imagine, you know, the, the being the only guy at work the next day who saw that and right. trying to fucking <laughs> explain it to people. Get the fuck out of here, Hank. You don't see shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking Doctor Who. Um, and, and just, did I fucking see it? Because, yeah. Did, like, nobody else I... seems to... I, to be had, I have one of those things in my head like as i swear as a kid there was a cartoon in which john madden turned into a gargoyle <laughs> okay and i it's not on the internet so he does oh, not I exist hate when that happens. but it's in oh my, my head like i have the animated like him like oh my gosh like flying as a gargoyle and going up onto the top of like a creepy building i must have been a dream you must gotta go been. to that there's a facebook group and it's mm -hmm. called like what was that thing mm -hmm. and it's literally okay. people giving the vaguest ex explanations of something that they saw or heard or read at some point and mm. asking has anyone encountered this and there will be like hundreds of responses it's hard to sift through <laughs> but people find like just the most bonkers like obscure shit all that stuff that like you're like yeah. i think i read this one like i mean it's bananas how obscure oh, people will explain stuff, how little detail yeah. they'll have, and someone will come up with it. So you should pop that in I'm, there I and should, see if I'm someone remembers. Because I have asked other people, and I there's only been a couple times where people have been like, that sounds familiar? Buddy, that mm. happened in the Berenstein universe, and we're in the Berenstein yeah. universe. Yeah, 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 oh my yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah. I knew it. I'm from a different universe. <laughs> exactly. That's the wrong timeline, and we're a little mixed up. It's over there with Shazam, uh, <laughs> or Kazam, or whatever it is. But there, I mean... <laughs> There have been other kind of signal intrusions, right? But none, mm -hmm. none that hit that 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 sweet spot between stylish execution and <laughs> completely fucking you know incongruous content and mystery as that one. Um, uh, way back in the seventies, in nineteen seventy-seven, uh, TV in the UK used to be really localized, right? Uh, we'd have kind of national broadcasting, but it was very, very chunked down into regions as well. They were like regional operators. Uh, and there was uh, one of those regions was Southern Television. And in 1977, uh, the audio of Southern Television was... <laughs> and again, this is on YouTube as well. So we'll put this on Twitter. We'll put this on, on the blog as well. Uh, for six entire minutes, just the audio was hijacked. Uh, with a guy uh, claiming to represent the Ashtar Galactic Command, uh, yes, indeed, telling okay. the viewers, telling the viewers that uh, he was speaking to them and, and, and imploring them to kind of save the future and whatnot. So, cool. it, it really, yeah, 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 really, really good. <laughs> That's fun. Um, I yes. love that because just when you think about this kind of stuff and like when it it happened. I'm thinking about, like, obviously the War of the Worlds thing is exaggerated and that didn't really happen where people mm. say, like, oh, you know, everyone went crazy and they thought aliens were really invading. Mm -hmm. um, like, that didn't happen. Uh, but people did think that, like, the Germans had invaded when they initially yeah, 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 tuned yeah, yeah. into yes. it. And then they were, like, yes. pissed off that they were, like, why did you air this thing when we're, mm. like, on the edge of war? <laughs> that yeah. sounds like, you know. And I think about just kind of 
this idea of watching or listening to something and having that thing interspersed in that moment of not quite being sure uh, yes. that you're being messed with. And I think yeah. about like when all of this pandemic stuff started, every time there would be like breaking news of something coming in, I would get mm. this weird lump like we were in the Hunger Games and I was oh, just like completely. expecting something terrible to happen. Yeah. I think I think history <laughs> will, will uh, particularly in the UK, I think history will always, always remember that first broadcast from our quote unquote prime minister where mm. literally telling us you cannot go outside, you have to stay in, the disease uh. is out of control, don't go out because of the disease. You know what I mean? Fucking hell. Watching that, <laughs> I, was, I, I will always remember watching that in this room with my, my wife and my two kids and just this sense of reality having gone fractured just yeah. a little bit. Hang on, this can't be <laughs> fucking right. But yet here we are. Um, it, it happened. And the first time I watched the YouTube video of the Max Headroom incident, and again, putting myself in the, in the, in the mental space of somebody who was seeing that for the first time, it does that very same thing. The Max Headroom incident does exactly that. It fractures the norm, you know, it fractures reality. And it makes you think, what the fuck is this for real? Who are these people? What is going on? And I love it. I love it dearly. Yeah. Sorry, my internet went out for a second there, so I missed all of that. But <laughs> 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 But yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I... I was on one, as they say. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You missed a good one. I look forward to hearing it when yeah. I edit this later. <laughs> uh, but I assume it connected to what my point was about um, yes, it did. this it did. weird sense of like hearing. Uh, Russian Sasquatch, mate, was behind it all. We went crazy. Yeah, we did it all. <laughs> Tied it all back to Bigfoot. That's why I had to the math. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just love to imagine myself in this position of people like sitting there and hearing this like space interference and being yeah. like, am yep. I getting a message from someone? Is That's... someone trying to warn me about something? I want I mean, that it... so much. That's just, <laughs> like, gosh, like as a kid, I, I remember wanting the Bible to be a book of spells so much. <laughs> Like, okay. I thought that's what it was. Like, I, I read some and I was so bored immediately. And I was like, how is... Where are the incantations? Yeah, like, this is just a bunch of names. <laughs> I've always wanted there to be more to the world. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and as, as a oh, pretty I, vehement I atheist... Uh, absolutely feel you. I would absolutely love to see that. Just anything, <laughs> for, like, out of this world, just like... Hey, of course. Steven, what? Please talk to me. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, I, of course, I mean, the, there have been very recent examples of this kind of thing happening, but they've just been really fucking mundane. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to take the time and effort to do this, at least try and blow a fucking mind or two. Uh, that seems You fun. know, a radio station in... Where was this? Uh, Warren, a city in the in, in the states called Warren, wherever the fuck that is. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have a state on that or just? I'm the... working on it. Hang on, Warren. We got a few cities over here. <laughs> Warren, yes. Massachusetts. Oh, oh okay. hey, what up? Okay. Yeah. What are they? They're uh, uh, a sports radio station. W e e i f m. Oh, I uh, love W e e i. That's where I get my Red Sox games. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. That 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 works. But for a long old time, for days, the signal in Warren, Massachusetts was overridden 
by a guy repeatedly whispering in a really fucking sinister uh, kind of, you know, low tone. Mm-hmm. What did he decide to say? You, my, my friend, you've gone to the trouble of hijacking a fucking, you know, a statewide broadcaster. What's the message you're going to deliver? What are you going to say? What did he say repeatedly? Don't be a chump. Vote for Trump. Motherfucker. Aww. That's what you do. Really? You've you've got that platform. You've worked so fucking hard to do that shit, and that's what you've. Uh, he, he, it wasn't even like like it's so mundane as to not even have like a QAnon message or anything like that. Like at least yeah. make yep. it crazy. Like make it yep. bat shit. Yep. Not or just, yeah. just say yeah, really. Baba Booey a bunch. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Whatever. Better than like, that. Come yeah. on, you're wasting all of our time. That's... Pissing on the memory of the Max Headroom pirating incident. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Where are the dildos? Where? <laughs> oh, he did say Trump. Oh. Hey-o. <laughs> oh, it's <Steve>. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, benevolent, benevolent anarchy. That's you've benign. Uh, I think it's benign. Yeah, benevolent. Yeah, nothing benevolent about like it. it. Benign anarchy. Um, try your best to fuck shit up, but do it for just no good reason at all. I'm 100% on board with that. I wish I had the I technical it. skill to do so because mm. I like the say... idea of that. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go on. Oh, uh, would would you say that uh, the most recent GameStop issue? Yes. Would that would oh. that fit? I legit, it's, it's, Steve, yeah. we're on the same page. This is legit <laughs> what I said to Mark when he yeah. pitched this as the thing we should talk about. As I was like, I feel like the GameStop mm-hmm. thing is like yeah, absolutely certainly. related to this. It's yeah. just. Mm-hmm. You know, showing that the system yeah. can be fucked with. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. And like I said to you at the time, Corey, I generally have absolutely no fucking time for 4chan and their related brand of fucking <laughs> idiocy. Just yeah. bores the shit out of me. But, but, when, you know, this to me felt like a a, uh, a kind of a mobilizing of... Uh, uh, this is what the internet should be all about, I believe. Yeah. Right. Is, is sticking it where they don't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I joined in. Like I I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even uh, think about it for a second. I was just like, okay, cool. I'll buy some of that. It's gonna fuck with somebody. That sounds fun. And my husband attempted to, but they'd already stopped allowing you to. That's the worst. But (laughs) he's kind of lucky they didn't allow him at that price. I mean, I jumped in, but but at the wrong time. I've just been enjoying watching it plummet over the past (laughs) week. (laughs) (laughs) That was worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is nobody. I I was about to say nobody jumped in thinking that they were going to get rich was part of the the thing. But it was people Uh, were able to pay off their student loans and stuff like that with this. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you jumped in, got your ish. Like this Mm -hmm. is, I'm so on board with this because it really it's. it's who we all are against. Like I was watching BBC even in this, this host and I don't know who he is, but my shoulder, uh, he was talking about this and he legit, like he was giddy (laughs) and he was trying to report this and he could not stop smiling. And I was just, as I was like taking a picture on my phone to be like, this guy is like so into it. Like the, his interview with this person ended and he like put his hands together, like Mr. Burns and was like, I love this. He straight up said, I love this. (laughs) <laughs> That's the it's just it really feels mm-hmm. like you know yep. we all see this thing as something where like the structure that is mm-hmm. against the vast majority of us is getting messed with and is it a lasting thing no, no. um was it mostly i mean they had a sketch on 
um, SNL last week with Pete Davidson, uh, mm-hmm. at, where he was playing like he's like now the majority share owner of GameStop <laughs> um, <laughs> as a result. And it was just playing on the fact that like these kids don't know anything about it necessarily, right? right? They're calling it stonk. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but <laughs> like that—that's not the point of yeah. what happened it's so here. So fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah this, it is. It's so but it's stupid. great. It's great. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, I I really like. Uh, I was I was surprised because, um, you know, people that jumped in on it. Yeah, there were some people thinking like, oh, this is gonna make tons of money, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though nobody was saying like at three hundred dollars it's gonna go to thirty thousand. Right. Like, like, there's but, a there's a this tops out. Yeah, it tops out at a certain point, so <laughs> probably don't want to jump in too late. But um, I, I think a lot of what happened was people who did know what they were doing were able to put into terms that yes. people who didn't know what they were doing could understand. Yes. We're yeah. fucking over these people. They have yeah. a lot of money. We don't. We can what have in? a lot of money by <laughs> yes. fucking them. Yeah. Yeah. How do you it's not great. get on board with that? Yeah, and, and people did. People were like, yes, awesome, wonderful. Yeah, sign me up. I think it's incredible. And that is a good use. Yeah, but that, yeah, I think that is probably not in the same ballpark as we just said, because it is good. It has some sort of message right. rather than being like Max Hedrum, which is just, I don't know, dildo. The, yeah. the, the act, I guess, itself was the message there. Yeah. Right, and that's the thing is, you know, the way I look at it is that it may not have a lasting thing, but it is a way of alerting to people that the structures mm-hmm. can be pulled apart. Mm-hmm. And when, I, like, someone posted on Twitter yesterday, like, I don't believe hackers exist because, like, and if they do, they're, they suck because mm-hmm. why haven't, like, they, you know, hacked our student loans or things like that, right? Like, yeah, you know, why thing. aren't they doing right. anything worthwhile with this? And this mm-hmm. is when you see something like this happened you you start to go like can we do this with other things and that i think is what's Mm -hmm. sort of valuable about this Mm -hmm. gamestop stock is going to fall whatever this Mm -hmm. is not forever but now we're all sitting here thinking how else can we break yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) interesting and i love that i love that to the core of my being delightful talk as always a lovely place to wrap up absolutely beautiful yeah, with d- the destruction of capitalism, not for the first time. <laughs> 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 it was so wonderful to have you, Steve. Thank you so fun. much for joining us. I really yeah, like totally you. agree, Steve. You're welcome back anytime, buddy. I love your back and forth. You guys are great, and I would love any time to come back. Yes, well, we'll definitely take you up on that. What's the next movie on Dead and Lovely? Uh, oh, when does this come out? Tonight. Tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, then His House. Oh, great is one. Yes. And uh, just like every single episode where we have to talk about race, I am scared to release the episode. And then when I release the episode, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sure I've said something wrong. Yeah, so I, if I, I say relate. something wrong, though, every single time I like to remind people, just let me know. I'm yeah. cool with being wrong. Yeah, uh, call it I, out. I am not spouting any sort of beliefs yep. except for I hate capitalism and <laughs> people should treat each other really really nice no matter what the situation here here yep it's one of my mantras steve being wrong is an opportunity you know it uh, is just like science take it with good grace yes yes mm-hmm. indeed. absolutely so with that we bid you all adieu joe agalos <laughs> oh for fuck's sake <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just saying it to piss you off at this point. He hates this having like names. This for is listeners. not why I do this. <laughs> he doesn't like the idea of fans, and so <laughs> this is. But by the way, hey, thanks to everyone who came out and and watched Evil Dead Two with us. Oh, yeah. man, I meant to show up on that. Oh. Great time, playing, great time. I was playing Fallout Four and oh, that just lost my my entire perspective of time. <laughs> hey, that happened to me today. I almost forgot to podcast because I got lost and stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. You can join us on the next one. It, it's, oh, we're going to do remakes as our theme for yes. next one. Steve, oh, yeah. what's your favorite remake before we go? Ooh. Remake of a horror movie. Well, I mean, The Fly. Uh, well, obviously. yes. I yeah. see. Saying The Fly or The Thing is cheat. cheating. Yeah. It's cheating. I don't. I, I, I disagree. Memorial. The Thing might be cheating, but The Fly, it, I don't think The Fly is cheating at all. Because the, the, the original of The Fly is still very much in... I, th- I still I think it's still in the cultural conversation. The the original fly still didn't your friend Ryan mention that she'd seen it? It it's 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 not a kind oh, of a to, yeah. dim and dusty relic. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, the fly okay, I'll counts. count the fly then. <laughs> but alright. But oh Steve, Is I, that I'm, your I'm pick, really curious. Steve? What's your uh, favorite I'm, remake? I, okay, if we exclude the fly, boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I mean, the Evil Dead movie isn't exactly a remake; it's a continuation, but it's probably mm-hmm. the the best of, of that ilk. Yeah, uh, that's a good oh, one. So, uh, foreign remakes, the Ring remake is probably. Ooh. The best. Yeah, it, it is. Mm-hmm. It is excellent. Yeah, that's a that's a very good one as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were just talking about that recently as well. So that's awesome. Everyone, but, um, put your yeah. shout out to us, please. What are your favorite remakes? What would you like to go on the poll? And uh, we will decide which ones to ignore and we'll pick four and you can vote on them and then we'll get together and we'll watch them and it'll be a great laugh. Exactly. So until next week, dear friends, stay spooky. You're not, you're not going to say anything, Mark? No weird? No, I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. I've said <laughs> the weird thing is the silence. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>